0: Okay, that was great. Thank you, guys. Let's start out by praying today. Father God, just thank you for just the blessings that you give us. To just help us to remember at this time, just the why we celebrate this time of year. That it's, it's about your son. It's about you bringing your son into this world, Lord, and giving us this gift. Lord, give us your, this, your son, Jesus, in your name we pray, amen. So this is the time of year, family and friends come. My oldest son came in Friday night. My daughter was actually supposed to be here in probably about another half hour, but her plane was delayed, so she'll hopefully get here this afternoon. So family and friends that are coming in for you, I don't know all your plans, but I just hope that all of you have safe travel or your your family has safe travel. So a few days ago, I was driving in my car here to, to the church. And remember that day when it was really foggy out? And it was, well, if some of you were up early in the morning, I guess, you'd remember that day that it was foggy. It was kind of cold out, but it was really calm. And if you looked at the trees, they all had a layer of ice and snow on them. And it was, it was, just really, it was a really pretty and kind of a surreal time. And it was really peaceful. And you would think that I would be having that same sort of peace, that I would just be enjoying my surroundings, but I wasn't. I I was have just a lot of things going through my head and and just a lot of thoughts. And well, I probably need to be honest with you. I it wasn't just thoughts. I was worrying and I was fretting. And I was just had just things were just I didn't really I shouldn't even be doing it, worrying about that stuff. It just wasn't something that I needed to be worried about. And obvious things, like, it's Christmas, and I don't have a present for my wife, and I still don't. So, I know, that is. So if I, if you have any suggestions, maybe let me know, maybe let Allie know, because I still have two days of shopping. I still have two days of shopping left of that. But really, whereas things like, there's end-of-the-year stuff for for people that own business, or just even around the church, just end-of-the-year stuff, there's, tax issues, there's other types of things you have to deal with, Christmas parties that you have to go to, Christmas parties that you have to plan for, decisions you need to make by the end of the year, and people to hire and things to do. And You know, I could make a long, long list and try to make you feel sorry for me of all the things that I have to do, but then you start worrying about things that you are worrying about, and then you worry about worrying, and then you worry because you shouldn't be worrying, and so then you're just worrying all the time. (laughs) which is what I was doing in my head. And then I was driving. There's this song that came on the radio. So, you know, okay, I'll turn the radio way up, and that should take care of it. I should should get my mind off of it. So I've got the music up really loud in my car, and I'm driving along, and I just hear this whisper. Just hear this little whisper kind of just in my ear. I hear this little whisper, and it says, it's God saying, are you going to trust me? Just a little quiet whisper, are you going to trust me? So now I'm, he's got me convicted, and I'm all just, i am broken down, and I, light turns red, so I sit at the stop sign, and I'm sitting there kind of wallowing in my own self-pity, saying, okay, God, you're right. And God's not done with me yet. He's not done. He's got, he's got one more thing to, to me, say to me, and he says, when have I ever not taken care of you? Just another little whisper. When have I not taken care of you? So today we're going to look at a story of a young girl that... Uh, she had to trust God. She had to trust God would take care of her. I'm not going to read the whole passage, but I'm going to kind of try to paint the picture for you a little bit. So we have a scene. Just imagine there's this young girl at her house, this young girl named Mary. And she's, she's at her house, and it's probably nighttime, and all of a sudden this gigantic angel appears to her called Gabriel. God sends this angel Gabriel down to Nazareth. Now, I don't know if you know much about Nazareth, Nazareth, but Nazareth was kind of an armpit. People didn't really like Nazareth. and get a, In my head, I would think of Bakersfield, California. Good. I don't think anybody must not be from there because so, you all laughed. So I apologize to anybody if I'm offending anybody that's from there. But I've been through Bakersfield, California once, and I have no desire to ever go back. But that's kind of what Nazareth was like. It's not, a, it's not a place people wanted to go to. So, as we know about Mary, she's pledged to be married to a guy named Joseph. And Joseph is a descendant of King David. And in this, Gabriel then says to Mary, he says, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. And then it goes on to say that Mary was highly troubled that Mary was troubled, and I'm thinking that's probably the least of what she was. She's probably cowering in fear and terrified and wanting to run away. Like like I said, I've never seen an angel before. I've never seen one in in real life, but I can just imagine that this is a pretty impressive person, rather large, probably powerful, and and I would think probably is terrifying. But she also may be wondering of, What do you mean by I'm highly favored and the Lord is with me? That's great. That's flattering. But kind of like, what am I supposed to do with that? What do you you mean by that? So she goes, maybe thank you? I don't know. So she had no idea what was coming next. What this angel was going to say next to her. What he was going to tell her. He starts by saying, don't be afraid. Which is probably a good idea. He says, You have found favor with God and will give birth to God's son. You will call him Jesus. God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. Oh yeah, and there's one more thing. His kingdom will never end. And I thought I've got a lot to worry about because I don't have a Christmas gift for my wife. So this is a lot for Mary to take in. Now, Mary is a 12 to 14-year-old girl. She's a young, young girl in today's standards. She's pledged to be married. Not to mention that if she's found to be pregnant, in that that day, the penalty is to be stoned to death. So she's facing that. Then she's wondering, how am I going to tell my family? How am I going to tell Joseph? My future husband, how am I going to tell my community? Now, this is a lot for this little girl from this big angel, dude, that he's laying down on her, saying, this is, Hey, this is what God's got for you. So, I want to pick up the story in the Bible. If you want to look at Luke 1, 34 through 38, it's in page 1025, and the Bible's under your seat. And I'll read, it starts with, How will this be? Mary asked the angel. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. So I think Mary is just sitting there in awe, like kind of confused, like saying the title of the sermon today, excuse me? What did you say? She's probably puzzled, like, what do you mean? Gabriel saying, well, Mary, you're going to have a baby. Mary's singing, Great. Congratulations! But wait, there's just one more problem. There's just one more thing. That's the impossible. That's impossible. Now, I mentioned Nazareth. Nazareth was a town. Fine Jewish people didn't go to Nazareth. They didn't go to Nazareth to vacation. It's not a place on the, on the top ten list of places to go if you're from Jerusalem. In fact, there's a lot of Gentiles that lived around Nazareth and they probably even lived in the town of Nazareth some of them and so the Jewish people actually th- considered Nazareth the people there as being less cultivated that they were a lower class of people and that they had lower moral and religious character and that was probably associated with the close contact they had with Gentiles they saw people as Nazareth you've probably heard this word is of kosher they saw them as not kosher they didn't satisfy the requirements of the Jewish law, again, because they were so closely associated with the Gentiles. I think Mary was asking, why me? Why me? I'm a nobody from nowhere in the middle of nowhere. So why did God choose this girl from this town to give birth to his son? remember who this son is, the son was supposed to be the Messiah. The Messiah that everyone has been waiting for. It's been prophesied in Isaiah. He's the Messiah. We're all waiting for him. He's supposed to be the Savior. He's born to a nobody from a nowhere town in Nazareth. This baby is also supposed to be the king. Kings don't come from a place like this. Please, kings don't come from a towns like this. In fact, it says in John 1, 46, Nathaniel asks the question, Nazareth, can anything good come from there? But God chose this girl from Nazareth, a place nothing good comes from. The impossible from the impossible town. So there's one more detail that she points out to Gabriel. says, not to mention, I'm a virgin. Now, I think that's a logical question. She's not being, talking back to Gabriel like, come on, I'm a virgin, how's that supposed to be? I think it's just, she's curious. Like, because biologically, this just simply can't be. Like, how can this be? She's asking God, how are you going to do this? How are we going to do this? So I thought of a time when, I think of times when we're faced with situations where we think something might be impossible. You know, we have, we have something in our lives that just, there's no way that can happen. And, and along comes somebody, and sometimes we we'll to give us a Bible verse, and they say, oh, you need this. You need to read this. So we go home and we read that, and we go, that's great, but God still, how are you going to do this? How are you going to do that? remember when I was driving, and God said, are you going to trust me? My mind was thinking of all these things that I saw as impossible. I often don't understand how God's supposed to do something, but he just does. Kind of like in this situation, God does the impossible. You know, and I'll, I'll tell myself that God needs my help, but he really doesn't. He doesn't need my help. He's got this under control. Now, I've never had a situation in my life of a virgin birth like Mary did. But God had it under control to do the impossible. But Gabriel responds to Mary to her question. And he says, yes, it is impossible for you, but not for God. If you look at verse 35, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Mary didn't completely understand what Gabriel was saying. She maybe didn't understand exactly how this was all going to happen, how she was going to become pregnant. She maybe didn't understand this whole thing of the Holy Spirit coming upon her and, and knowing the baby will be called the Son of God. But Mary knew that God could do what Gabriel was telling her we look at verse 37 it says for no word from God will ever fail Mary didn't understand how but this was God's word and she knew it and it would be as God said it would be Gabriel also goes on to tell her about Elizabeth that Elizabeth is pregnant now if some of us may know or we may all know that Elizabeth was she was an old woman Way, she is way past childbearing age. There's no way she could give birth to a child. Absolutely. That was impossible. There's no way. Just as that doesn't happen anymore. But yet, she became pregnant. Now, someone could make an argument that she does have a husband. So biologically, there's a chance that somehow that could happen. But it's still an impossible thing that, that God had happen now in mary's circumstance she didn't have a husband and i believe she was a virgin which really made the birth of jesus and her being pregnant that was a miracle there's no other explanation other than jesus really was the son of god the miraculous power of god to do the impossible So Mary takes all of this in. She's heard all of this. So now she has, a, to, make a, she has to make a decision. Or she has to decide, what am I going to do with all this? What, what does this, all this mean? She gives a response. And her response is, I will trust. She'll trust. She's going to trust God. Now Mary knew what she faced. I mentioned some of it before. She had to tell Joseph. This is the man she's pledged to be married to. She has to tell Joseph that, oh, hey, by the way, I'm pregnant. How do you think that's going to go over? She had to tell people, knowing that the possibility of death. She had to go to family and her friends and everybody and say, I'm pregnant, wanting them to believe her probably knowing that they won't. She had the possibility of being a single mother because Joseph might have left her, just left her with a child all by herself. But yet, she decided to trust God. She did, not knowing how or understanding how, but she trusted God to take care of her, and he did. Now, she had a few responses of how she could have responded to all this. I think she had three responses that she could have responded in. She could have responded in anger. She could have responded in a way just clenched lips and just an angry tone and just mad and accepting what the angel had to tell her, saying, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. Kind of like when your boss... Ask you to do something, and you just grudgingly do it. You don't want to do it, but you're mad, and you got your teeth clenched, and you're just you're just got this mad, angry face on your look, and your face turns red, and but you end up doing, and you're just bitter, and you're angrier, and that just takes over. It just consumes who you are. Or she could have responded by being defeated. She could have said. I'm the Lord's servant. Kind of heads down. May everything you was ever said about me just come. May, may it be true. You know, she could have just accepted it, but she was sad. She was depressed. Just accepting it because she didn't see any other choice. She could have accepted. It, just yeah, if I have to, I guess I'll do it. She didn't find any joy wasn't any satisfaction. It was just more sadness and more gloom. But I think how Mary responded was she responded with joyful anticipation. I think she said, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said come true. It's the same verse. Just three different ways. I can say it three different ways. I think M- Mary was saying, God, I'm yours. I'll trust you. I know you have the entire situation under control. And I'll follow you. So what about us? We have this responsibility and the ability to respond to things in our life the same way. We respond to them in anger, defeated, or with joyful anticipation. So as you know, before I was up here, I've, and even now, I still have another job. I've worked another job most of my life. That I, I was a, a pharmacist and a pharmacy owner and I, I have some other things that I do. And so one of the things that I remember very clearly is when the first time I was ever given the notice of somebody that says my, the 30 or 90-day notice of saying we don't want you to provide service anymore. Um, and if you don't quite get that, I was I was fired. They fired me from from providing service for them. So I thought the world was going to end. I thought that this is it. This is it. this is all done. It's all going to unravel. It's all going to fall fall apart. Listen, that's in my mind. <coughs> That's what was going on in my mind. All these different things were going on. And you can ask my wife. She'll tell you. She goes, Yeah, he was pretty special those days. He was, he was um, yeah, he was good. So I um, told her things like, You know what? We're done. Can't spend any money. We're done. We've got to just do this and we've got to do this and we've got to do this. And I don't know if we're going to be able to eat anymore. I don't know. Food might be optional too. So and I was just convinced this was the end. I was so so wrong I was so wrong. what I saw was impossible. God all of what God was doing was he was just making arrangements of things that I never saw, never dreamed of. I was convinced that this was the end that this is impossible. I lost sight of the possible that what, of what God had for me but What I discovered is nothing's impossible for God. Like I did that morning, God reminded me again of like, are you gonna trust me? Do you trust me? Wish I could come up here and say that I'm got this all figured out, but I don't. I don't. I wish I could be like Mary. That when I was faced with the impossible. She's faced with the impossible. How is this going to happen? I'm a virgin how am I going to give birth to a son? How's this son going to be your son? How's this going to be the son of God? <sighs> but she, she, she embraced that with joyful anticipation of what God was going to do next in her life. Just like I'm learning how to do that in my life. Okay, God, I don't like that, but what do you have next for me? So what is our response going to be when faced with the impossible? Is it going to be anger or defeat or joyful anticipation? Like I said, Mary faced an extremely difficult situation, losing her family, losing her future husband, being a single mother, mother, even facing death. Yet she trusted God with joyful anticipation. So can we? I don't know everybody's situation. I don't know the details of everyone in this room. We're all in different places. All come from different backgrounds. But I think we can all start to trust God and know that he can do the impossible. Because our God is a God that makes things possible from the impossible. Like when God chose a virgin, nobody girl from a nowhere town in the middle of nowhere to give birth to his son Jesus most of us would say that's impossible but God made it possible let's pray Father